Let's talk about our uh, Bible text today, which is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to start reading in verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. And the title for the sermon today is Confidence for Judgment Day. And I know we all, we, we all know that something is going to happen. As Adventists, we all know that we are very close if we are not living already the last days, which means that the Lord is going to be here any minute. And with that also come the idea of judgment. With that also come the idea that once everything ends, that means I have to give some answers to the one who is coming. And I don't know if you remember... Uh, uh, when you used to be young and you did something wrong, I don't you remember your judgment, your own personal judgment day with your parents. And it's not something beautiful. It's not something that you are going to remember sometimes as being happy moment. Uh, maybe you laugh right now because you say, well, I was young and yes, all the scars that I have here and here for the bell, well, you know, I laugh. But at that moment, it wasn't a laughing matter. I mean, matter. It was something to be afraid. It was something that when I knew I did something wrong, and my mom says, you better wait. I mean, you wait here until your dad gets here tonight. Then you are going to talk to him. You know something is happening. During those hours, you don't live happy. You are always thinking what is going to happen. You have friends who are supportive, and they say, you know what? Everything is going to be okay, but you still are afraid. And then when you hear the door opening, yeah, my door was like that because we didn't have money to buy some oil. So it went yeah, open. And I know my dad coming doom, doom, in. There it was, the moment for me. Thinking, okay, now what? Do I go to my room? What, what happened? And I, and I can only uh, 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 remember just being by the door listening how my mom told the story to my dad. And how my dad reacts. And he never reacted, ah, no, no, he didn't scream really loud, he didn't yell, he was really quiet about it. Okay, and then he opens the door. I remember those moments. Because once he goes there, he starts telling me, well, so you did this, 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 and you know what? Because you did all those things, and it was wrong for you to do it, now you deserve punishment. And I remember the punishment. It came in many different ways. The bell, I don't know how many of you remember the bell. Sass. When they didn't have the bell, they used the, 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 the what is it called, the, the iron, the, the cord. Sass, sass. My mom, when, they, when she didn't have something close, she grabbed the spoons or whatever it was. Sass. And you know, you like, like that movie Matrix, you kind of like moving aside, <laughs> trying to avoid all of that. But doesn't matter how much you do that, something is going to hit you, and then becomes a big ow, and then you think, I'm not going to do it again. You remember that? All of you were perfect kids, huh? I know that. Judgment is coming, we preach as Adventists. The day is coming. As the Lord is going to be here. And let me start reading verse number 7, chapter 4, 1 John. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
Whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. I'm going to tell you that I don't remember nothing loving about that moment when I received the punishment from my dad. I don't remember nothing loving about that moment. And why I'm starting to read here? Because we need to understand something about God. And we need to understand today, brothers and sisters, about the love of God. Love is God. God is love, sorry. Love, uh, God is love. But that's not everything. That's only one big chunk of God. But that's huge at the same time. God is love. And this Bible text is saying, dear friends, it's like talking to me, and, I mean, to you and me. Let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. If you love someone, that means you know God according to the Bible text. But then Bible, uh, verse number 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. First of all, I'm not going to give you this, this huge uh, theological and bringing Greek and you know all the kinds of Bible, sorry, all the kinds of love in the Bible. All kinds of different love in the Bible when we talk about Greek. But when you read about this passage, we know very clear that here is being used the word agape, which means in Greek, is the, let's put it this way, is the maximum, the only expression, the optimum expression of love, which comes from God. It's the kind of love that you give and you don't expect anything back. My question will be, how many times do we only give expecting something back? Sometimes we say, you know what, I'm going to love my family or I'm going to love my kids and even... Even so that you said, or me, I said, you know what? I love you so much, and I don't expect anything back. We all know as humans that deep inside, we at least expect the respect from them. At least we just expect something from them that makes you feel that what you are doing, it feels good and is right. But the love that Paul is showing here, the, the love that John, sorry, is, is talking here, is about that love that you give and you don't expect anything back. And that's the kind of love that, 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 that the Bible mentions that you need to show to each other. But I'm going to keep reading. Because that love is important. I'm going to keep reading. Verse number 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son, which other versions said begotten. The one and only son, and I'm going to tell you by begotten or one and only son, doesn't mean that he was the only one kind of like physical. Also means, and means more than that, means that he is unique. Nobody is like him. Whoever, that, oh, sorry, this is God's, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that, my, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us and sent his son as an atonement sacrifice for our sins. That's huge. First, he's talking about, 
about love like saying, hey, if you say you know God, then you are going to love your brother. If you don't love your brother, you don't do these things, then you don't know anything about love. And then he's starting to talk, hey, you know what? The love was reflected by God by giving the son. And that son dying for your sins. Something that you and I do not deserve. And it's not only that we do not deserve, but that's something that God did at first, not you. So we cannot say, you know what? I love you, or sorry, you have to love me because I love you first. I don't go around my wife and saying, hey, you know what? You better love me because I love you first. I was the one who first fell in love for you. And she feel like, oh, he was the one. Boy, I have to do it. Even sometimes, don't we, don't, don't, don't we play this game? It's not a game, but uh, it's something like, you know, she said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. She said, I love you. And I said, I love you more. She said, no, you don't love me more. I love you more. And then we keep here like kind of I love you more and more and more. And at the end, it's like, uh, you know, who cares? We love each other, right? It's not about who gives more. It's not about who gives first. It's about love, just giving it. And that's the kind of love that God showed us through Jesus Christ who came and died for your sins and my sins. Just like that. That's probably hard to understand. But I'm going to keep reading. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made us complete. How many of you have seen God? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you have seen one day open your eyes, your eyes and then God was there and God told you, you know, he was so serious about it. He said, oh, you look at me, you know, let me turn around so you won't die. That happened to who? Moses. Have you seen God? How can you talk about God? You're a Christian. Have you seen Christ? How can you talk about Christ? How can we talk about God if we never have seen God? Here is very clear that says you, the only way you are going to know God is by his love. How is that possible is my question. Is it possible to know someone by the love, by the things that that love help you receive or gain? God lives in us, also said the same Bible text. And his love is made complete in us. I remember once someone said, you know, I, always, I am a strong believer that you cannot love someone if you don't know God and if you don't have God. Love cannot come out of your heart, really. And someone said one day, well, what about those people who never know about, I mean, never knew about God? What about them? And when I was reading this passage, someone was saying, in one of those commentaries, they were saying, we need to understand that God created us to his image. And we still have that image in us. And part of that image is the love that we have for others, but more than that, for our kids, for our family members, 
that love is there. But sin is the one that keeps bringing that love down. And sin is the one that keeps shy, I mean, shading and just bringing the love so down that sometimes you just don't feel love anymore. And the Bible that I'm reading right now says that love is going to make, God's love is going to make you complete. That means that even without knowing God, you're still going to show some love. But it's never going to be the love that God wants you to show because he is not in your life. It's not. It could be maybe 70%. It could be maybe 60% of that love, that kindness that you show or I show. But only God, when he gets to live here and when you receive that love and when you practice that love out of nowhere, not expecting anything, then is when you are going to know 100% what's love all about. I think when you get married, you show love at first. Maybe. Maybe you just get impressed by the beauty of or your wife or the handsomeness of the husband. I don't know. But when the years pass by, we said, I don't know. I don't love you anymore. I'm losing love for you. You know, when we talk about love, I want to tell you this. When we talk about love, we usually mean love as being something that you feel. You know, like, Kurt, I, I, I think I know why people don't sit here, because they know I grab people out of nowhere, and they know I... But you stay here. They got wrong now. <laughs> Let me do this. You know, like saying, hey, man, good seeing you. I love you, man. I Look at him. He loves me. You see? And many times we usually think, okay, that's love. Oh, wow. You, he, he, I mean, you go outside. You, thank you. You go outside to a homeless. You, you just, he, he, we, we went, where was that? We went to uh, Best Buy. And, you know, I was looking on some microphones that I need for my, for my computer. And this guy comes, you know, he kind of short, you know, like that. And, and the hair, like, really, he, he did have, like, a mohawk, right? A mohawk standing right there uh, working for, I mean, Best Buy. And he said, hey, you know what? If you buy that, we have a special today. I said, really? You have a special? What's the special? We give you a hug. And here, kind of like, you know, coming from somebody else, from the guy selling the microphones, kind of weird, like, we give you a hug. Okay. You know, and I'm here standing there. Well, you know what? I don't have to buy anything to give you a hug. Come here. Let me give you a hug. And he was going to, all right, you know. We give a hug. And sometimes we say, you know, oh, that express love. That what the express. But love is not that. That's only something that comes out naturally when you start knowing the person of God. You know, this word love which is agape here, the maximum expression of love, is also the one that you find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Do you remember that chapter? That chapter is about love. And we use that chapter, pastors, many times to talk to people and couples and counseling, to talk to them about what love is all about. It's not the Philo's love. It's not the Eros love. It's the, nothing to do with that. It's the agape love that needs to be reflected in a couple's life and a marriage. And that love, which is the same word, is expressed this way. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read only verse 4 and forward. Love, which is agape. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not eagerly angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. If we stop thinking about the feeling of love, oh, I, I, I want to love you, I want to love you this much, and I want to show you my feelings, and we start practicing what love is all about, we will be having a different society, a different church, and a different family, and different marriages. Because love, if you want to understand what's love, love is all of this. All of those. Can you imagine having people around who they just don't get anger easily? I know people that they get anger really easy. In my family, I have people just touch it. They just, they get mad for anything. What about love that is not self-seeking? Hey, you know what? If it's not for me, it's for nobody else here. You see, and I, keep, I, mean, I can keep reading many of these things. If I keep reading verse number 8, listen to this. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there are knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the, imperfect, the imperfection disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror that we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, when I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So far, all the things that I'm telling you, we prophesy in part, we know in part, and we get to know when God, when, when we feel love, we get to know full, the whole thing. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. What you know right now, what I know right now is only partial, it's only part. What we prophesy as Adventists is only part. Sometimes we take it as the fullness, it's only part. The knowledge that you and I have is only part. You can go and have the best degrees that you want. That's only part. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And verse number 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why the greatest of all of those is love, is my question. Because love is the only thing that is going to sustain you in difficult times. I'm going to keep reading now from John, verse number 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. 
You don't rely on anybody else. You don't rely on your father and your mother. You don't rely on your brother or sister. You don't rely on the pastor or the first elder. You rely on only one thing according to the Bible text. We rely on the love God has for us. God is love, says the Bible. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete. There is again the complete word. When you talk to Paul, Paul says you only know partial things. You don't know the whole thing. Now he's saying love, I mean, everything is going to be complete. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. The day of judgment. I was telling you before, the only thing that it brings back to you is, I'm afraid what is going to happen. When we preach it, we know that the books are going to be open. And we know that everything is going to be shown in front of us. As Adventists, we know that. And we know that everything is going to be presented to us. And we always have the question, are we going to be guilty? I'm going to go to heaven? I'm going to go to my right or to the left. But the only thing that is going to keep you alive and moving on this planet until the day of judgment is going to be the love of God. It's the same love that, give, that he gave through his son Jesus Christ for you and me to die on the cross. And it's the same love that is willing to give you so you can survive in difficult times. And you can always believe that you are not alone. And you can always believe that God is going to be with you even in difficult times. That love is the one that is going to help you relate to people in such a way. In such a way that they are going to see God in your life. If you ignore all of this, because we have been ignoring this message for many years. We have been ignoring the message of Christ, the message of God, the message of his love for many years. And I'm telling you this not because I'm sad and coming out with a, you know, this great idea. It's not that. Even Ellen G. Y., you are an Adventist? She said that in these last days, Jesus Christ is in the corner and it's time for us to bring up Jesus Christ as the only Savior and the one who comes for you and me. And it's time to present the truth, the gospel, the love, and the sacrifice of Christ dying for you and me and coming soon for you and me to take you to heaven. Because we have been seeing everything else. And the love of God has been in one corner. Oh, looks good has been in that corner because we have been misunderstanding or we have been listening to everybody else that they preach about this cheap love and others, I mean, and other than us preaching the love that the Bible teaches and practicing that love, we stop preaching about that love. Doesn't make sense maybe for you, but Time to practice this love, brothers and sisters. 
Don't you want to see forgiveness in your church? Don't you want to see uh, 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 all the Corinthians, what, what else is self, uh, no more self-righteousness, no more self, I mean, thinking about you and your family? Don't you want to think or don't you want to have in your family or you and your husband, your wife, don't you want to see this unconditional love of just giving other than being thinking about receiving? When I came to this country, and this is my own personal experience, I remember the first day, it's 12.05. I tried, but I remember my own personal experience. And my own personal experience is working on construction. And I never worked on construction before. And they said, we're going to pour some concrete. So I was there. I didn't know that much English. Today, I probably still are the same, but a little bit better. You know? And, you know, and I remember being there in the patio of a house in the back. We, you know, we, we just were breaking the big chunks of the patio concrete there because we were planning to pour a new one. And I remember my boss back then. He said, bring me the hammer. And I was standing like, yeah, like a classical person who don't know anything about the language. Yeah, the hammer. Aha, uh -huh. yeah. That's all I was saying. It was like my first or second day. And he goes patiently and goes all the way to the wall and says, hammer. And I'm here saying, martillo. He said, hammer, martillo. I said, this is my, uh, esto es martillo. He was trying to teach me the English to learn this is hammer. And I was translating and saying, no, it's martillo. The beauty of that person is that that person did have so much patience with me that I worked for that person for 15 years. And I learned my English there. Maybe that's why it's so bad, my English. Huh? <laughs> we need to think that God is trying to teach us something today in these last days. He's trying to bring something to our reality, brothers and sisters. And the reality is that. The reality is that Christ is coming soon for the second time. Believe me, any time, any minute, he is going to be here. The reality is that everything around is not going to get better. And if he does, it's going to be really a little go down. It's not going to get better. The reality is that you and me are going to still be living here for now until Jesus comes for the second time. But the reality is also that it's time to preach about the one who loved us first, the one who died on the cross for you and me. Because that one is coming soon for you and me. How can someone believe or know or get excited about Jesus Christ coming soon if they don't know the person of Christ? How can someone get excited about the, about the, I mean, about the Father sending the Son if they don't know the love of God, if they don't know God himself, it's time to believe that in this way, life, life 
love is made complete about us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. That when Jesus Christ asks you, I know this, I mean, uh, what have you done lately? Or this and that, and you are thinking probably, hey, you know, what I'm going to answer if I gave the right... Doesn't matter what is going to happen that day. You are going to be confident that because you have the love of God in your heart and you practice that love, God is going to judge you and he's going to send you to the right place. And you know what's the right place for me? I want to go up there. Even that it's going to be only for a thousand years, doesn't matter. I want to go up there. And I want you to be up there. I want you to go with me. Kurt, I don't know how, but we're going to be flying. You're going to be flying, Kurt. You. I don't know. You're going to be going there. And I want you for you to go there. But if that love is missing, your life is not complete. Your knowledge is not complete. Your prophecy is not complete. Nothing is complete until that God, the God of love, love lives here. Verse number 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And you know what? Before when I was reading this passage, I always was thinking about this perfect word right there, but perfect love drives out fear. And sometimes when we take that word, perfect, thinking we have to be perfect or we have to do something in order to be perfect, doesn't make sense. I'm here thinking I have to work hard. But now it makes sense when you read the word perfect because the word perfect doesn't mean perfection as we know it or the Bible have it right here. It means complete, full. And it makes sense because I was reading a few minutes ago that your life cannot be full, your life cannot be complete, anything cannot be complete if you don't have that love. So when I read this passage and I said, but perfect love drives out fear, but a complete love, not the one that you think you can have or the one you can manage, the only one who is going to drive out fear is that that love, that partially love and knowledge that you have, once is being taken by the love that God wants to give you, gets to be complete, and then the fear is going to be out. We're not going to be afraid anymore of what is going to happen in front of us or what is going to happen in Judgment Day. 19, we love because he first loves us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, He's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Wherever love God must also love, oh, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now that's not only a sermon. The Bible says that's a command for you and me. That's a command. You know what's a command, right? Victor, you know what's a command. Even if you don't like it, 
when the sergeant or the captain or whoever was on top of you said, Victor, you do that thing, do you argue? Do you don't do it? You just say, no, I don't want to do it? No. When you have a command, the only thing and the only option you have is to do it and to learn to do it. And if you don't know how to do it, the Bible gives you the steps. The Bible gives you the examples of how you are going to be showing that love and, how, and what is going to be happening. Brothers and sisters, if we love God, we are going to love our brother and our sister. We are not going to be selfish. We are not going to be thinking about me or about you. We are not going to be thinking about anything else other than serving others. We are going to be forgive, I mean, we are going to forgive each other. We are going to be graceful. We are going to be patient. We are going to be, you name it. Only then, only then is that we know God. That's the command. If you get to be afraid that the last days are here and Jesus times comes any minute and you don't know what is going to happen, the solution is not for you to be prepared thinking, I know what to do in order to not be pushed away from, from the presence of God. Maybe it's for you and me to practice that love more and more. It's for you and me to start thinking that God is giving us opportunity. Isn't that great? God gives you opportunities to love. How? By sending someone who doesn't like you. Just think about that. Pastor, I want to practice my love. God is going to send someone that probably doesn't even like you at all. Practice your love. I want to have that love. He's going to send someone that he's going to call your names. Practice that love. Is that exciting or what? I don't care. Any amen. That's the way God works. Love each other, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is coming soon. And he's coming for you and me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you because you give us opportunities and you are going to keep giving us opportunities, opportunities to practice, to make that love grow, to make all of those things that we are reading and learning every day and we are proud about, you're going to give us the opportunity to practice and make it real in our lives. It's not an easy thing. It's not easy when we know that we are living the last days and we are worried about how to confront these last days and what to know in these last days. Help us to go back to the basic part of our lives first because we don't want to be people who only know the partial truth in our lives. We don't want to be people that practice also only the, the partial prophecy or partial love. We want to be full of love by you. Help this church to practice this love among each other. Couples to practice that love among themselves 
and with their families. And this, everybody will know that you are God if we do it. Thank you for everything and bless us this Sabbath day. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.